2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Everyone achieves more. And since I've been with the McGinnis Group, I've seen with my own eyes what makes them different than any other broker.
3: They have the best staff and the most talented and knowledgeable consultants in the business. And we truly work the hardest for our clients to better our KC.
4: It's insurance renewal time, so call 913-831-0999.
1: If you're looking for real news, News Nation is new and different. News Nation doesn't take sides or lean into political agendas. Here you get all sides. If you're looking for news without the noise, come back to the news with News Nation. News for all America. Hey, this is Royals pitcher Brad Keller, and you're listening to the home of Royals
5: baseball in Kansas City. 610 Sports Radio.
0: KCSP Kansas City, WDAF HD2 Liberty, and Odyssey Station. Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome
6: to Bink at Night. Welcome back to Bink at Night. Jay Binkley with Chris Inocera. We'll head out to Denver at about uh, 7.15 or so and talk to Andy Lindhol about the Denver Broncos as I make the journey around the AFC West. Mike Matheny told uh, Bobby Witt Jr. He had uh, Salvador Perez, he had Andrew Benatendi, and Whit Merrifield in his office and didn't really fool him and tease him like, hey, you're being sent down. Now, he's pretty honest with him, but here's uh, Mike Matheny, courtesy of Royals Twitter, telling uh, Bobby Witt Jr. he made the team.
7: Well, I know we've told you, for a long time to be patient and to just trust everybody that um, opportunity had to be right, the timing had to be right in order for you to be here. It's right. And so what this group is here about is to help hold you accountable, where you to just keep being you. You're gonna have great successes and there are inevitably gonna be some struggles. Just Keep being you, and this group's here to help you keep doing that. And you're gonna to need to help this group and everybody in that clubhouse. So, you, know, you should be very proud of yourself. Congratulations, you. welcome to Major League. Uh-huh.
1: Come
5: on, come
3: on. I want
1: got, got anything to say?
3: Excited.
6: Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so there's Bobby Witt Jr.'s reaction. See, Chris. He didn't really play around he got right to the point. Hey you're on the team.
5: Maybe by the way juniors just above the uh above the teasing. No you got you have to continue the legacy that Ned Yost had. But how can would you screw with the one prospect in baseball? The guy did everything he could know, to be on the team. He made a damn thing, man. Ned Yost would have done it. He'd have he'd have found some way to screw with Bobby Witt Jr. He absolutely would have done it cuz that's what he does. That's how you build camaraderie. And so I think it would have been the perfect situation for him to be like, "Okay, yeah, we're going to send you down to <laughs> to um to Omaha." And then be like, okay, no, we're just kidding. We're sitting in Indianapolis because they start. They play tonight.
6: Yeah, we're going. You're going to Indy because yeah, we got a game tonight. But uh, Mike Matheny, here was Mike Matheny uh, afterwards with the uh, media. Vern was there about the promotion of Bobby Witt Jr.
7: Hoping that it would uh, be obvious that he's he's ready, and it has been. And uh, the opportunity was obvious, and so it was just kind of watching the process happen and making sure that we're just going through this thing all the way until we we knew it was the right time for the right decision and happy with the organization for being as um is open to you know this is it let's roll and, and now we can just kind of put this behind and now play play ball and I know that's what he's looking forward to
6: very easy decision uh for him to make he's got his third baseman and you know we, it was, there was talk even like we played uh J.J. Bacolo yesterday new general manager it's less pressure being a third baseman than you know playing shortstop you have a lot to th- a lot on your plate. And, you know, just worry about being a major leaguer. The hitting and everything will come there. But, you know, he can obviously play both. Here was Mike Matheny on having different leaders in there with him, like Ben Attendee, like Whit Merrifield, like Salvador Perez.
7: There, there are oftentimes when guys get told for the first time we'll bring somebody in, whether it's a uh, coach or uh, an instructor who's invested a lot of time into that person being able to be in that spot. I think in, that, in this particular situation, it's having some of the veteran guys who – really have um, kind of taken him, him under their wing and, you know, and, and helping him kind of take some of those, those steps that he's going to need to continue to take. And I and, uh, mentioned in there about accountability, and um, he's uh, he's got a, a lot on his plate right now just being a major leaguer for the first time and then all the extra attention that's coming his way. Uh, it's going to be good to have some voices in there, some guys – who've been there, done that, and can understand some of the things that he's going through and, and to help him navigate that. But they're also they're going to they'll stay on him, um, but you also see him really take care of him. And so I think it's just knowing he is part of a family right now. And, you know, the main message was um, you keep being you and don't let anything moving forward change that because it's, it's special.
6: And I like that the Royals' leadership is strong. And, of course, it's kind of been the theme of the Royals, bringing all these younger players up to have, you know, the the veteran players to sit there and talk to them. Zach Greinke's, you know, perfect example, you know, being on this pitching staff, a guy that's going to the Hall of Fame and all the uh, wins and being a couple hundred strikeouts away from 3,000. Having these guys around means an absolute ton. Here was Bobby Witt Jr. when he caught up. Uh, Vern was there and so was the other media, media members there. in Surprise, Arizona. Talked to Bobby Witt Jr. as soon as he found out.
3: How did you find out? When did you find out?
4: What was your reaction? We got called into Skipper's office and walk in. I see Wit, Benny, and Salvi in there and JJ and then Skip was in there. And then I saw a kind of video. And so then that's kind of how I knew something was up. And then they just, and they told me the news and it was just, it was awesome. And then awesome being able to share it with those guys as well. And then came in here after and all the guys were congratulating me. And so it's, like I can't really put words to the feeling how it was. It's just, it was, my stomach sank, tears came to my eyes, and it was, it was something I'll obviously never forget.
7: Did you already talked to your parents, and what was that combo like?
4: Yeah, the first people I called, and then it was, they were excited, they were super pumped for me, and then they also just, dad just said keep going. It's just, just the beginning, and so I just gotta. Get up there. Getting up there was one, one part of the journey, but now it's staying up there, and so that's the ultimate goal now, and now it's trying to go out there and win games and try to win a championship. It's obviously, been,
3: I mean, it's been the obvious move that's coming this spring. How did you keep your emotions in check
4: throughout these last couple of weeks? Until the... Yeah, I was just trying to just take everything day by day, not look at anything in the past, not look at anything in the future, but just live in the present moment, and I think that was the biggest thing for me, just go out there, try to continue to get better, just try to make sure my craft is corrected and what I'm doing and just go out there, have fun and try to perform for the team. And that's, I think has ultimately helped me just kind of stay calm and cool. And I have great, amazing teammates, amazing coaching staff and everything. And they're just always there for me, always there for everyone in the clubhouse. And I think that's just makes it an easy transition through everything. Have you thought about what it's going to be like running out there at the stadium on Thursday? It kind of brought me chills, but uh, you know, I'm just, I don't even know. I'd, don't really have words for that right now. So I'm just super excited. I just can't wait
3: did you have an idea in your mind what this gonna be like. And I guess how is it compared to you know, actually being? In the
4: yeah, like I do always like thought about it, but never really like I saw seen videos of guys like it happening and then I go in there and then it actually happens. It's just like that that moment that you never really think that it will actually happen, but it happens. So it's dream come true just truly a blessing and I'm just I can't wait to see what's to come
3: it's the, the first thing I guess that uh, I'm sure there's hundreds of things in your mind but what's the first thing that's in your mind as far as like you know, um, you know what, what comes next
4: <laughs> next I think it's just like I said kind of just staying up there and just starting to win ball games and just go out there and the ultimate goal is now to do what they did in 2015 and so that's that's the next chapter I think to so try to get to it. what does
3: it mean to have the, these the veteran guys in there
4: Oh, oh yeah it was it was unbelievable just showing i feel like that shows me that they have respect for me i got respect for them and just they want me to be a part of their team because it's pretty much ultimately their team and so now that's pretty much just having open arms for me coming in there doing that and so it's it's really it's it's awesome it just shows what type of players we have here and the guys we have i think we, we, ta- <coughs> I
3: think we talked a little bit about this um back in february but just How do you feel like the expectations or that sort of things will be for you? You know, obviously, since people have heard so much about you and followed you, now it's
4: finally here. Yeah, I think the expectations are always going to be high, and I feel like that's kind of what it's been for my whole life. And so uh, I'm just going to continually just go out there and just try to do what I do and try to be Bobby Wood Jr. not try to be anyone else, not try to be this or that. Just go out there, have fun, be myself, and try to help the team.
3: What did your dad say
4: he just kind of said, let's go, and just congrats, and he was just he was just very excited. The whole family was excited, yeah, so I'll be there, yeah, so I'm really excited.
3: And I know, you, I mean, this you don't know this for sure yet, but, like, based off the of spring training, seeing have seen you going literally between two hours stars and two people that people, you know, recognizable, probably most recognizable guys in the franchise, but Sal being with. Um, if that's the case on opening day, I guess – What do you think that's going to feel like? I mean, is that going to be like a moment when that hits you? I mean, is it just going to be overwhelming, exciting? What is that going to
4: be for you? Yeah, I think it will be unbelievable just wherever I am, if I'm in the lineup or whatever. So I just want to, like I said, just help any way I can and just being able to be around these guys, just learning from the guys and just the bond we've created this spring training, I think is something special is coming for sure.
3: How ready have you been since you got here?
4: Yeah, I think with coming in throughout the offseason, the ultimate goal was just to make the team, and then coming out earlier with uh, the lockout and everything, I was able to come out here. The other guys weren't here, but then I was trying to just prepare myself to get ready for this moment here, and so I feel like I've done as much as I could, and then so I'm just trying was trying to get as ready as possible.
3: <laughs> Thanks Amir. Um. I know it's, it's you know, so fairly early, but have you gotten any pieces of advice from some of the uh, veterans yeah, just in terms of what to expect? Or, uh, also, I think.
4: Yeah, pretty much all the guys, they, they come up to me and just tell me it's, it's the same game you've been playing, and that's kind of how I, I take take that to heart and just, just go out there, yeah, maybe bigger stage, bigger lights, more fans, whatever, but it's the same game I've been playing ever since I was little. So just kind of continually just to do what I, what I do and don't try to put any pressure on yourself. Just go out there have fun and... That's what I'm gonna do because I only get a certain time of playing this game, and I gotta make the most of it while I'm, while I'm able to do it.
6: First of all, Chris, it would be fun to be in Matheny's situation, being able to tell people they're in the major leagues. Like, that would be a fun situation to be in, and also too, Bobby Wood Jr. doesn't sound like a 21-year-old, does he? No, he sounds he sounds much more advanced than that.
5: Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, first off, you know how these young guys are. I know, and in he sounds sports, just like he's they, been playing for 10 years. Yeah, they get on the microphone, and they're like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you yeah. know, they don't know, like, they, they're like monotone a lot of a times. And it should be still in college. You know? Yeah, I know, right? And, and he sounds very comfortable on, on the microphone. So, like, I think certainly if there's a guy that baseball Should probably try to put it at the forefront and make a star like the NFL has done with Mahomes and like the NBA has done with like almost all their star players. Like certainly Bobby Wood Jr. would be the guy who would do that if he lives up to the hype. So uh, you know, he sounds at least right now, he sounds like he's playing the part as the the star there. Good stuff from Bobby Wood Jr., but
6: congratulations to him. But coming up next, I had the Denver previewing the AFC West and other teams that made moves, how good are they feeling about their team with Russell Wilson. We'll talk to Andy Lindahl next.
0: This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio.
6: And welcome back to Bank It Night Jay Binkley. Chris Uno cero Lots of mocks out there as well today. The new one from Charles Davis. You guys know Charles Davis. NFL Network. Covers the draft quite a bit. He did his uh he did his mock draft today. And what's funny is more and more of these guys had no quarterbacks going in the first round. And well, first of all, if you're a Chiefs fan, you need quarterbacks to be uh, run on quarterbacks if they stay at 29 and 30, just so it takes up some of those slots of where edge rushers or wide receivers could go in this year's draft. And he doesn't have it. He's just got the quarterbacks. And Charles Davis has a couple of the quarterbacks. But 29 and 30 has two of the guys I like. He's got Boye Mafe and uh, Christian Watson. And the big thing about doing the mock drafts the last couple of times I've got him, I've got him up to 2.0, so I've done two of them. I'm going to have number three coming out soon. And by the way, the 13th and 21st, doing draft specials right here on 610 Sports Radio. And then we'll be live on that Thursday night. The World's not playing the Thursday night of the draft. And then Saturday, about six hours worth of coverage.
1: And then a wrap-up show on...
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
2: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with autopay pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
6: Monday to go over each and every one of the Chiefs picks. But Christian Watson, Chris, has already started making it in quite a bit of these mock drafts. Daniel Jeremiah and the rest. It's one of those guys that, you know, people say, well, that's a fringe guy. Shouldn't be a first-rounder. More and more guys like this this guy. Even Lance Zerline of NFL.com when he talks about the wide receivers, he mentions Christian Watson as a good. Well, he says day two pickup. I think he's gonna be a day one pickup. I think he's gonna go either at the end of the first round or top of the second round because of that blazing speed and all the things he does, especially the block. He's he's everything. At six foot four, he can block because North Dakota State ran the ball 70% of the time. He can return kicks. The only player in FCS to have two touchdowns on kick returns the year before, and then of course he also jet sweep and all those things as as we saw when we were watching Christian Watson play, Chris. But uh, and his championship pedigree, to, but he does everything and he does everything well, and he runs four three six at six foot four.
5: Yeah, I mean this is a, a guy that you like a lot. I mean I I think we all kind of like his his uh, speed and his ability. Like that, I get locked so. into certain people. Yeah. And I, I, you know, and I, I understand having that that speed there is something that uh, is very enticing. And you know, we look at this Chiefs team, and we all know that they value that very much. Forty times are important, obviously. Other skills are too. But if you if you're not a sub four forty guy, you're gonna have a hard time getting a place on this team. So uh, I I do I do I'm fine with it. I, I know I've seen a lot of different speedy receivers get get mocked to the Chiefs. You know. Um, seen Dotson, seen Watson, seen Williams. Um, I'm fine with any of those guys. Um, I just feel like for the Chiefs, you got to kind of figure out the value that other teams have on those players. And if you got to move up, you got to move up. But if you can get guys like that at 29, that, then that's the perfect situation for the Chiefs.
6: Oh, by the way, on uh, Pro Football Focus, uh, the betting site, they have DK Metcalf plus 750 to join the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, that's a move there that would make you scratch your head. Like, okay, well, they're giving up picks because they have to give up picks for him. And then, of course, he's going to need a new salary unless you make the justification. Do (laughs) you think DK Metcalf's future is better than Tyreek Hill? He's (laughs) obviously got the size. I do worry about being too big. I think there is such a thing as too big. Like David Boston, remember how big he got? Yeah. And it's severely limited how he plays. But he's got the blazing speed. And that's a guy that people would say, okay, that's the one move. If you brought in D.K. Metcalf and you had D.K., Juju Smith-Schuster, and MVS, and Hardman, you'd say, oh, the Chiefs are maybe even a little better at wide receiver now for the future. But if this is a younger guy than Tyreek Hill and you said this is the future and that's what you're willing to pay, but if the money wasn't there for Tyreek Hill in in the draft picks that you just set and flipped for D.K. Metcalf, that means you preferred him
5: over Tyreek Hill. I mean, at this point, if you were to make a deal for Metcalf, you'd you'd have to spend more than what the Raiders spent to get Devontae. Because Devontae's 29. So if you got you'd probably get something closer to what the chiefs got from the dolphins. Maybe not exactly that because that was a fleecing on the part of the chiefs getting five picks from the dolphins there, but they'd probably have to give up a one and a two. And I I could see maybe like an early third day pick as well from like maybe next year, last year of his contract because he didn't get that fifth year option. Yeah. Not being a first round pick. You're going to have to spend value on him. And then you're going to have to pay him a premium contract similar to what the Dolphins just gave Tyreek Hill. So at the end of the day, you're going to end up having to pay. And I just feel like it's a much better deal for the Chiefs to just draft that guy as opposed to trading for DK Metcalf because DK does make you better. He makes you a lot better over the next few years. But it it very much seems like like the Chiefs have the opportunity to have the ultimate in terms of value for teams in the NFL today, which is having a bunch of really good players on rookie contracts. That is the reason why draft picks are so valuable. That's the reason why you don't see player-for-player trades unless it's kind of like a, here, I'll trade my player. That's probably not going to make my team for your player. That's probably not going to make your team. And so I just feel like, it makes the most sense for the Chiefs to just draft a couple wide receivers that they feel like could be uh, franchise guys at that position, and they don't have to pay those guys for years. Here's the
6: thing. DK Metcalf this year, he started all 17 games. So durability was not an issue for DK Metcalf. But out of those 17 games, he still didn't get 1,000 yards. Yeah. He had 967. Now, the year before, he had 83 catches for 1303, 15.7 yards. They dropped three yards to 12.9 this year. Now, if you might say, well, that's because of Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson clearly didn't have as good a year. They had no blocking either. I mean, there was no time for Russell Wilson in the pocket. That's been a major issue with the Seattle Seahawks, not enough time to throw the football. But if you said, well, but he did have 12 touchdowns, like he was good in the red zone, he was old. But that is one guy that I think people wouldn't be upset about anymore, Chris. I think they would look at that, and you wouldn't get the text like this: "Like I'm so mad about this situation." But in essence, do the Chiefs flip for four years younger? Do they see that worth the value of the picks and the cash to have somebody four years younger and a bigger target
5: in DK Metcalf? Who's I would, 6'4", 235 pounds. I mean, I look. I, I I'm a big fan of DK. And I I always regret them choosing McColl over DK. Uh, I wanted McColl. I did not want McColl. I wanted DK so bad. And they chose McColl. I was was scratching my head there because I watched McColl play at Georgia. And I was like, that is not, I never looked at him as a guy that the Chiefs should try to go take in the trade up to take in the second round. Um, So, you know, I, I certainly understand why people would fall in love with DK because, Juju Smith-Schuster as your best receiver after you know the last couple years, I can understand some skepticism people are, are, you know, are having in, in, in the Chiefs receiving core. I just feel like there's a lot of talent in the wide receiving core in this draft, and it just makes so much more sense for the Chiefs with the kind of draft capital that they have take a couple of guys, take a guy in the first round, take a guy in the second round, maybe you trade up for a guy, maybe like Sky Moore sitting around there in the middle of the second round and you can move up, uh, you know, maybe use one of those, maybe like a third or fourth or whatever, move up mid-second round and go out and get him. And you get a couple of guys that you can rely on over the next few years because you're not going to have to pay them premium money. I just don't think it's a smart deal to get rid of your best wide receiver and because you didn't want to pay him and then you immediately go out and only get four years younger. You can get like six or seven years younger if you go out and draft a receiver in this draft, a couple receivers in this draft.
6: If that was always your plan, though, hey, we just want to get four years younger, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. You know, we're going to get all we can for Tyree Kill. We're going to go four years younger. Obviously, we're not going to pay as much as the uh, Devontae Adams contract. But is he going to want that? Like,
5: going if that to was one? the case, you would have traded him, traded for him before you made the Tyreek deal. <laughs> I would have tra- I, like If I were them, I would have traded for DK as soon as the league year started so that the value of the, whatever contract you're going to have to pay him isn't as big as Devontae Adams' or Tyreek Hill's contract. But he's the one guy I think would placate everybody, and certainly Mahomes would be one uh, yeah, of Absolutely, It's the
6: one guy. Not that, that Terry McLaurin, not LaVisca Chenault. Not any of these guys that I believe would just fit right in the pack of Juju Smith-Schuster and MVS. I'm talking about someone better than that. Yeah, like Lavisca Chenault would just fit right into the third, fourth receiver if that.
5: Yeah, I don't think you, that's. I don't think that's a good trade. No, I mean you can get that quality in the draft. Yeah, like you right now, Lavisca Chenault is about the same level as MVS. I just don't. I'm not trading a pick for a guy that's about as good as your number two receiver. I would much rather they just go out and draft a guy and see if they can get more than a LaVisca Chenault. Like if you think LaVisca has a number one capabilities, then I can understand why you think that. I don't. So I, I I wouldn't make that move.
6: And by the way, uh Tottenham McShay put it as a two round mock, did it, Chris? And hey, here's the thing. I, I like McShay. Ta, 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 ta. I like him too. <laughs> I like McShay. He's That's all not over. A things. Good, it
5: was not good. Was no, not a
6: good he's got uh the Chiefs. Trading up to 17 um for Jamison Williams. Okay, there's nothing wrong with Jameson Williams, but we're kind of in the Ojabo thing here that he tore his ACL with Alabama. But we're talking, you know, elite wide receiver speed and size. But the big thing is the Chargers aren't trading, the Ch- Chargers aren't trading the Kansas City Chiefs. That was for a first. <laughs> it was it was giving them a, a one of the first round picks, a second rounder, and a third rounder. That is not worth it. Like, that is not worth – that just has them keeping their 30th pick where he had Boye Mafe, who I really like, going number 30. That makes sense for the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. That's a trade. and you look at teams, ah, let's make a trade. But think about it. The Chargers are trying to catch the Kansas City Chiefs. Why would they be in position to help? We talked about you know Orlando Brown with the Ravens. That didn't make a lot of sense. But especially in the division, and I get it. The Dolphins are dumb enough or to trade with the Patriots. that That is something that, that happened with them, but that's fine. That's them. But in this division, everybody's leery about the Chiefs. It's why they have Khalil Mack. It's why Chandler Jones is with the Raiders. It's why teams are trying to catch and stop the Kansas City Chiefs from running away with this division
5: and getting uh, new hats every year that say UFC West champions. Yeah, I know. I, I do I do find that funny. that, And I understand, like, you know, in the past we've seen teams within divisions trade, but we've also never seen teams in a division all the teams in a division load up ammo like commando to try to stop the chiefs there's just never been that kind of movement like we've seen this year the west is tired of losing to the chiefs so there's no way the chargers even if it's good value there's no way the chargers are going to allow the chiefs who have been great at making a lot of moves that improve their team to then move up and get a player they think would improve their team enough for them to part with a lot of the draft capital that they have. So, no, that's not going to happen. I think the Chiefs are probably going to have to move up into the early, you know, somewhere in that 22 to 24 range to try and get a a receiver. I don't think they're going to be able to move up into the teens now unless they move with another team not named the Los Angeles Chargers. Unless they can just stay there.
6: And let's, let's yeah, they, can just and they might be able to. And I'll get to the deepest positions because <laughs> Pro Football Focus and NFL.com completely disagree on the deepest positions in this year's draft. I know that's a shocker, but, again, sitting at sitting at 29 or 30, there's going to be a good receiver still there at the end of the first round. Again, yeah. like I said, Devontae Adams, DK are second-round picks. I, I there's wide receivers. You can one, get good
5: receivers. There's one thing I, I really don't like. About McShay's mock draft, he's got the Chiefs taking Brees Hall I in know. the second round. Brees Hall, the running back from Ohio State, in the second round. Look, but I, I like Brees. I think he's a good running back. He's the best think,
6: running back in this year's draft. Yeah. But you drafted Clyde in the first round. Yeah. You got
5: you got Ronald Jones here. You've got and like not only that, you got Gore. She, and like running back's not a position that you need to spend a ton of, I'd get one of value the fourth. one. I would get one. I agree with you. I would get one in the fourth round. because I would a, go fifth or sixth, but yeah, you don't have a fifth or sixth. Exactly. Unless you get a fifth round, unless, yeah, unless you do you some move, trading. Maybe you move back from that second, fourth and round you get pit. a fifth round. Yeah. Like I'd be cool with that. I, this is such a deep draft class at running back. You don't need to use a pick that high to get a good running back. So I would much rather they go out and get a position where the value is much better so I, I actually very much disagree with the idea of, of going and drafting a running back when you just signed a guy – you already had a guy you drafted in the first round two years ago. You got a guy that has done well in spurts with the team the last you know last season. It doesn't make any sense to me to to go out and then draft another running back in the second round, especially because he has them trading that other second round pick to go and get Jamison Williams. That doesn't make any sense to me.
6: No, it doesn't. It's, 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 seriously, I like McShay a lot, but I this, like him too. But this is not a good this mock draft. His, uh, got me perplexed. Not yeah. Charles Davis, because it's just like mine. So I've got to go with Charles Davis. Yeah,
5: But he only did have one round. Yeah, yeah. And I and I mean, look, it's it's kind of hard because it's, it's hard to v- measure the value of a lot of players right now because there's so much depth at a lot of positions as far as like uh, developmental picks go that the Chiefs are really, they kind of have their pickings at a lot of positions in need. And then the four seventh round picks, those are essentially... Not valuable at all. No, not like at all. Like, in the trade chart, they're, like, worth
6: one or two yeah. points. <laughs> considering, not. like, 300 points for first round. So, like... Forget about Rich Hill trade chart. Forget about your no, seventh round. They're picks. just going
5: to take a bunch of flyers on guys who, who uh, tested really well athletically. They're a step but above UDFAs. UD yeah. Like step they're above, they're just going to go out and draft some guys. Like they're going to take some swings on guys. Like, you know, what we saw, what we've seen with the chiefs at certain positions, like with Rashad Fenton or Laurent Duvernay tardif guys like that, where they just take swings at positions of value. Cause so-and-so tested well in, uh, in their, um, you know, in their athletic tests and And they've been
6: good with UDFA. Sharia Ward was undrafted. They flipped Parker Anger for. Byron Pringle undrafted. Darrell Williams undrafted. Derek Gore undrafted. I mean, they've had their share of undrafted guys be contributors for the Chiefs. And we see it happening all the time. By the way, Armani Watts is now a Colt. And Taylor Stallworth, from the Colts, signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. He's a guy with two starts the last couple of years, but a good rotation piece.
3: Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
6: phil jaron reed's role just kind of the under radar signing for the kansas city chiefs very inexpensive a role player on the defensive line so that's that but coming up next one of the corners the chiefs were looking to trade That not look like he's going to be out there are they looking at somebody else we'll talk about that next
0: this is bank at night on your home for royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the kansas city chiefs 610 sports radio
3: Hey, it's Travis Kelsey, and you're listening to the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.
6: Welcome back to Bank at 9, Jay Binkley, Chris Unocero, and Will Chris, according to Jeff Judea from NFL Network. On Twitter, the talk about the Chiefs looking to trade for Giants cornerback James Bradbury isn't serious. A Chiefs source says the team hasn't been involved with that and don't plan on getting involved. They don't want to take on Bradbury's $13.4 million salary. I understand that for a cornerback situation. You didn't pace your various ward. You think James Bradbury is that much better, but it does put out the fact of Stephon Gilmore. We are talking about the 2019 defensive player of the year. Dealt with an injury, injury issues at Carolina last year. He's 32 years old, but he's a very apt corner that let's let's face it. I think Stephon Gilmore still has some good years, unless you say, well, this could be a Darrell Rivas type situation, where he's not that uh, he's not as good as what his name says. But I will say this: I think Stephon Gilmore still got it. I mean, we're just talking a few years removed from Defensive Player of the Year, and he is uh, 31, but he'll be 32 essentially when the NFL season starts next year. He'll turn 32, which we all know is getting to that point where all of a sudden he leave being a corner, he become a safety. But it does open the possibility for this year, this window. Juju's on a one-year contract. Now the Chiefs pushing all in for this this one this, this open window. And I'm not one of those that say, "Hey, the window's closed," like others have been saying nationally. The window is always going to be open with two things.
5: Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, the window stays open for the Chiefs. I think this kind of proves the point I've been making about the chiefs really all off season, which is that they don't really value corner that much. So it uh, like calls into my skepticism about them drafting a corner in the first round. I know a lot of people think that like they could take Booth jr. From Clemson. And I, I think it's possible. Like maybe the chiefs will surprise me and make that move. But something tells me that the chiefs look at that position and they think we can find good value at that position without having to pay a premium price for it. So they can say, Hey, let's go wait till the third round and go draft a corner. Let's go wait until we get a good corner whose price comes down, which is what they've, according to reports they're doing with Stefan Gilmore. They're waiting for his price to come down. They're and he might
6: be waiting until he doesn't have to screw with those
5: it, TAs. And exactly. Gets, it might be Nova that too. It's very, very possible that he's waiting until all that stuff's done. He signs before training camp. And that way he can come in. He's fresh, doesn't have as much wear and tear on his body going into the season. That might be the case. But it could also be that he's doing like what Tyron Matthews is doing, just waiting for the right deal because he thought he was going to get a certain price in – teams didn't want to pay that price. So now he's kind of waiting it out and seeing if maybe a team gets desperate and tries to pay him at least as much as possible close to the number that he wants. I feel like because the Chiefs are waiting this market out to try to improve that position and because they really weren't that aggressive at trying to bring back Charverius Ward, I just don't think they value that position that much. No, and they feel like Charverius Ward's undrafted. Yeah. They need fourth-round pick. I mean, they've gotten they value. They just think that they can that find people at that position that can just fill that role and give them good Uh, That give them good games, and they don't have to spend a
6: lot. Fenton's back this year, and everything. But Justin Reed, the safety they just got, spent a lot of time playing outside corner. Excuse me, in uh, slot corner, he played a few snaps at outside corner. But that's a guy, kind of like Honey Badger Light, right? They can trust at the cornerback position in a pinch.
5: Yeah, and I I think like and that's also the reason why like a lot of people have been saying like they think they'll they'll take a they'll still take a safety like I know Nate Taylor in, in the most recent mock draft that they put together for the Athletic had them still taking I think uh, Daxton Hill and it's like I don't agree with that because I don't think that that I think the Chiefs very much look at that position they're like we filled the need with with uh, with Justin Reed we filled the, the hole that that was created when Tyron Matthew left. Maybe they still take one late second day, early third day, but I just feel like they're content with what they have. Well, maybe you get a Brady cook, somebody like that, yeah. but
6: Lewis scene Dax Hill. You got to get them early. I and just Jalen don't Petrie, yeah. You got to get them early.
5: I know. And I just don't think they, they, I think they think that there are certain positions that they can find value at. And the secondary is one I think they do, for sure. Because they, besides one Thornhill, they have not spent a lot of capital trying to improve that position. And like linebacker, they've used a couple second-round picks because they value it. But I just think there are certain positions that they think they can find value at later on in the draft. And so I'm not certain they're going to use a a pick on a corner in the first round.
6: Here's where uh, Justin Reed, their new safety, lined up uh, last year. He lined up all over the place. Uh, Snaps of free safety, 540. In the box, 147. Slot corner, 65 snaps. Not, Not a ton, but 65 snaps out there for Houston. Long line, 21. So they put him up there for run support there. Wide corner, seven snaps. He's also the emergency kicker, by the way. I don't know if you knew that Justin Reed, that, not that you care, but yeah, if something were to I've, happen, I've heard that. The Butker, yes. you, had, you got
5: Justin Reed to come in and
6: kick. The guy's that,
5: kicked, kicked before. That was the one caveat there that they threw in at the very end of the signing. But you got Snead. You got, you got
6: Fenton. Um, DeAndre Baker's still here. Mike Hughes is not here, but DeAndre Baker's still here. I'm glad Hughes ain't here.
5: After that damn playoff game against the Bills.
6: That wasn't one of your favorites.
5: Oh, no piss to Mike Hill. Or Mike Hughes,
6: yeah, Mike Hughes, yeah, yeah not Mike Hill. Yeah, he's a lion now. But I do like the fact that you know they get these <laughs> of course resurrection the res- resurrection projects. These first round picks, and do see they, if they turn into. Because if DeAndre that. Baker turned into anything like when he won the Thorpe Award in Georgia man, they'd be set having that kind of first-round corner with this team if he
5: got back to his potential, which he never gonna, realized. They thought they were going to get that with Arnett after he got let go by the Raiders. and then oh, man. He, ends up getting, <laughs> he lasted, what, He lasted 20 hours? He lasted a month. And he no, got kicked he wasn't even here a month, was he? I think he was here a month. No. <laughs> I, th- I swear it was like a month, man. Because <laughs> they signed him like late December and then late January he got kicked off the team. That was two
6: of the 2020 picks yeah. for the Raiders in the first round. That's how bad. They screwed up and set them up. I mean, you get two first-round picks, they're no longer <laughs> on your team. Yeah. They value –
5: they. the Chiefs really do
6: All right, value those guys. He kind of signed vibes. with the Chiefs on January 20th. Okay. He was released on the 29th. So he made on it nine January days. On January 29th? Yeah. So he made, okay. it, he made it nine days. Oh, wow. Yeah, he didn't even make it a, just barely a week. <laughs> so nine. I so, thought he signed earlier than that. No, I mean, it's, it's more than 40 hours or whatever, but it's Ooh. nine days. Wow. Wow.
5: Yeah. That's that's like that is a, I mean, we obviously know like CJ Spiller with That's the, a first round pick <laughs> but like, nine days. Think about you wasted that much talent. You were good enough to go get drafted in the first round. You're one of the few percent that makes the NFL. And you're and out of the, talent. the you're out of the league now. And you know, it's a good chance to go to jail. Not looking good for him, man. <laughs>
6: but, but the 2020 first round for the Raiders, two first round picks. Both of them gone. Yeah. One was Henry Ruggs, and we all know that story. Yeah. But Damon Arnett uh, screwed up a lot as
5: well. Yeah. Not like Henry Ruggs, but... Not like Henry Ruggs, but, you know, he's he's certainly not... He's certainly worse than than most NFL players who get in trouble with the law.
6: Yeah. Coming up next, Chris, somebody's back at the Masters. We think he's going to have a little practice round tomorrow. He'll make the final decision. And also a uh, new ballpark food that's coming to Coffman Stadium. And I'm curious if this is something you'd eat, Chris. Because you and I will eat a I'm lot a, of different stuff. I'm a stuff. picky eater. so well, I know you are, but I'm curious if you'll eat this. We'll see about it. I'll talk about that next.
0: This is Bink at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.
1: Hey, Kansas City, this is Brady Singer, and you're listening to the home for Royals baseball, 610 Sports Radio.
6: Spring training 2022 in the books for the Kansas City Royals. They'll have a workout tomorrow at Kauffman Stadium. Baseball is back. Triple A uh, Omaha and Storm Chasers playing the night. Indianapolis. Tiger Woods is back, Chris. I think, which makes me extremely
5: happy. He says, he says he feels like he can go.
6: He he he, he said he's not going to show up if he if he can't compete. Like he that's what I like about him. Like, he wants to win so bad. If he didn't think he has a chance to win, he's not going to do it. But he scheduled the tee-off at 9.34 a.m. on Thursday. The practice round was crazy, man. So many people were watching him, like, on the practice round. It's just like when he plays. That gallery's going to go from hole to hole following Tiger Woods. And I guarantee you, the Masters, the PGA Tour, CBS, ESPN, it's on ESPN, then CBS – dying for Tiger Woods to play in the game. This guy makes million will make millions of dollars difference. And the advertisers, they already paid
5: for the spots. They didn't think they were going to get Tiger. Now they're going to get Tiger. Hey, you're, if you're ESPN, you're pissed that he announced this now and not when they were trying to sell this. <laughs> yeah, they're mad. Yeah, I mean, you could have got a lot more money. Yes, a lot more money. Yeah, because they're probably going to do really good ratings as long as he's out there and competing. Yeah, they're going to do good ratings. Tiger Woods is one of the
6: few athletes that moves the needle completely for me. Like some guys, you know, kind of move the needle. Hey, I want to see such and such play. I want to see Otani, you know, pitch and hit tonight. I I do want to, you know, tune in and watch that. Obviously, you want to watch the Royals and Chiefs and Mahomes and stuff like that. But Tiger Woods in contention on a Sunday, like that completely moves the needle to me, Chris. That's complete appointment. Now the, the NFL's appointment television for me. I say I have to watch every game. I don't even move on Saturdays or Sunday because I watch football literally from the morning till the night, the whole weekend. <laughs> my, 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 my fall like getting me to do anything is better during the off season, but once Saturday and Sunday's in the fall hit, no, not doing a damn thing. And I know you, Chris is a lot like that, but Tiger Woods still moves that needle for me. I don't know where you sit with it, but we are watching the greatest of all time, in my opinion. I know Jack's got uh, more majors, but still, I
5: grew up with Tiger Woods in that era. I I mean, I'm the same way with you as far as, like, football goes. Saturdays, I mean, sometimes, you know, I I do some things because I can't just – Do the whole weekend by myself, you know, by myself watching football. Sunday's for For sure. We're not married yet. Yeah, Sunday's for sure. I I absolutely no. I'm not doing anything on Sunday. Um, The only reason why I will watch the Masters is because of Tiger. I do not. Really care to watch a lot of golf? So he's a needle me- mover for you. He's a needle mover, yeah, for, a you.
6: Needle mover for people. that have no desire to watch golf. I'm, watch him.
5: I do not care about golf. And you know what? Other if he drove an
6: NASCAR, people would watch that.
5: I would watch. Yeah, hell yeah, I'd watch him. Like the only reason why I watch it because of Bubba Wallace. So like, I am not interested in watching the Masters. Like when 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 Tiger won a few years ago, that was captivating television. That was the only reason why I paid attention to the Masters that year. I do not care about the Masters if Tiger is not in contention. And it's kind of, you know, what a story, though. The guy was bedridden for three months.
6: Yeah. He was on crutches for two months. Broken legs. Just the fact that he's out there competing with the world's best. Yeah. And he doesn't want to go out there, you know, and have a bad first or second round. No, he he wants to make the cut. Like, making the cut, I think, will satisfy him. I don't know. Making He's a ultimate cut. competitor. He, he wants to win 100%. But
5: just going out and making the cut,
6: it's pretty damn
5: significant. If you are ESPN, like, I'm sure they do this every one of these networks that broadcast the games. Every one of these networks is just rooting for Tiger to make the cut and be in contention. They don't necessarily want him to win, though they would like for him to win because that's great television. But – Every one of these networks that has those games wants him to be in contention because they know that it's money. They, Because you, you know how these networks are. Every time something great happens, as far as the ratings go, they champion it. They put out a press release on Twitter, on you know through the various apps, and they're like, "Oh well, we did record ratings for this event—the best ratings in X amount of years."
6: Well, they also want their their crappy rounds to begin at eleven a.m. Yeah. to have meaning if he happens to be in one of those.
5: Exactly, especially, and that's the reason why they want him to be hot tomorrow. They want—I mean, I mean—Thursday. Uh, they want him to be hot out there. Because they know that if he is on fire, if he's up near the top of the leaderboard, all of a sudden, people are going to tune in and, and watch golf. Because golf is more kind of a diehard sport. It's not, you know, not regular everyday people out here just going to casually watch you know, Dustin Johnson go out there and, and play. Tiger is appointment television. So, yes, they want him to be in contention the entire weekend because it's good for them. I'm 100% with you, but he's definitely moving uh, a needle.
6: Yes. Uh, you know how minor league ballparks can always have the, the fun food, like the donut burgers and stuff like that? At yeah. Minor, but minor league stadiums are always known for that. Yeah. But more and more major league teams are doing it too. Mm-hmm. Like, they're specialized food now. It's the food at major league stadiums gotten a ton better than just the plain hot dogs, the nachos, you name it. I mean, it's gotten exponentially better. Kauffman Stadium has new uh, menu items, Chris. And I'm curious if you would eat this. Um, how about the barbecue Reese's sandwich? No, no, no. Cold pork, sweet baby Ray's barbecue sauce, oh. crumbled Reese's peanut butter cups, and bacon bits. No, what? Ten ninety five. The ten ninety five. $10.95 oh. for Reese's peanut butter cups, and you know what? This isn't the only one I've seen. Oh, other stadiums Or having like a peanut butter and jelly type sandwich. Peanut butter—that's disgusting. Peanut butter must be like the new bacon, man. I
5: don't even. Newer to make bacon candy and crap yeah. like that. I don't even really. I like. I'm not like a big fan of Reese's. I like Reese's every now and then. love Reese's, but I'm on a pork pulled pork,
6: but, and I love barbecue. I don't think I could do that to a barbecue sandwich.
5: Yeah, I, I'd have to fight somebody if I saw them do that. Like if someone went to like gates and got pulled the pulled pork on a bun and then broke up some Reese's cups and then sprinkled on top, I'd probably have to fight you. Like, I I can't do that. No, that's that's disgusting. That is a travesty. And it is a crime against barbecue to do that. Philadelphia Phillies will have a PB and J burger with
6: peanut butter and jalapeno jelly. Uh, Could you put peanut butter on a burger? No. Wouldn't Elvis Presley had the bananas and peanut butter on the burger? I don't know. I'm not, I don't really know much about Elvis. The Houston Astros will have La Pina Dog, a grilled beef hot dog topped with fresh smoked pineapple. No thank you.
5: No, but like some people I don't even put pineapple
6: probably, on pizza. Definitely not putting it on a hot
5: dog. That sounds like a reasonable thing. Like that sounds reasonable to do that. The Colorado Rockies, the Elvis Shake, Cream de Banana,
6: Soft Serve Ice Cream, Peanut Butter Sauce, Cracker Jack, and Candied Bacon.
5: I'd probably do that one. I mean, it sounded good until the bacon had the Coffin
6: Stadium will also have a brisket grilled cheese sandwich with smoked brisket, barbecue sauce, and cheddar cheese on Texas toast. I've had a barbecue grilled cheese and that is not bad. Yeah, that sounds decent. Because you're talking actually. cheese with the barbecue and a grilled cheese. I mean, that's not peanut butter though, man. <laughs> that's
5: yeah, that sound that sounds decent. Are we gonna I'm have like Heath Bar like. hot dogs now or something. Yeah, no, that's disgusting. <laughs> I'm actually okay with the I'm actually okay with the grilled cheese with brisket on it. Uh, I, I I didn't think I would like this, but I, I went to Sporting Kansas City Media Day a few years ago and they had brisket nachos and it was just regular like you know, nacho cheese on chips, and you, they had some brisket with some sauce on it on top. I, I I was questioning this at first. I was sitting at a table with Kling and you know I you know, I was the first one. they the dude like centered me out for some reason. and he was like, "Yeah, you come here, try it. And so I tried it and I actually liked it. I was very surprised because I didn't think that those tastes go together. So, you know, I, I think that this brisket grilled cheese sandwich might actually work. So, you know, I'm not a huge fan of cheese and barbecue sauce. Yeah, but it's not one of those combinations
6: that make you say, what the hell? No, no, yeah, it's not. The greases make you say, what the hell?
5: Yeah, that, because that's, no, no, you don't put candy on barbecue. I'd like to, I'd try it. I would try it. I would not try
6: it. I would try it. Pizza cupcakes at City Field. It's like little cupcakes. It's just pizzas. No, it's not cupcakes.
5: No, it's just pizzas. Cupcakes have icing on them. No, but these don't have icing. It's like
6: pepperoni little mini pizzas. And the donut burger is at Citizens Bank Park. That's
5: gross. I love donuts. I love burgers. Not together.
6: There's this uh, burger though at uh, in uh, Cincinnati, and I'm telling you, Chris, it's got the big pretzel bun. Bacon. I don't really cheese. like the pretzel
2: buns. You don't like
5: pretzel buns? No, I don't really like them. They're too salty for me. I don't know. Oh
6: my god. I look at this burger. Not and a fan of the fantastic. Not a fan of the pretzel bun. Great American ballpark called the Big Red Machine Burger. The Big Red Machine Burger. Well, we had to move uh, Andy Lindhall around, wasn't able to do it earlier, had some phone problems. So we'll talk to him from Denver, Colorado in two minutes.
0: This is Bink at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.